0: Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Lauren, welcome back to the show. How the heck are you?
1: I am wonderful. I love doing these so much. That's like one of my favorite things that we get to do together. So I'm always excited to be back.
0: I know, me too. How is your 2023 starting?
1: Good. It's kids are back in school and we kind of got eased back into, you know, normal life with all their activities and stuff like a nice slow start. I know the busyness and craziness is coming like next week. So that was nice to have that like slow start to get back into it.
0: I don't know if it was because of like how New Year's fell this year, but I've seen and heard a lot of things of like, in my mind, New Year's isn't starting officially until Monday the 9th so like everyone needed a week to just like kind of level set and now it's like oh okay yeah it's a new year we're gonna like get back to structure but not until monday the ninth.
1: i think as a parent a lot of the kids didn't go back until wednesday or even some thursday in different areas my kids went back wednesday so yeah that's when it felt like okay break is over now we're back into like real life you know all the sports all the activities all the things are starting back up soon but yeah it was nice kind of being eased into it and in St. Louis, we had a couple of like beautiful days to end our break on like 65 and sunny. So that was a lovely little January surprise.
0: Oh, I'm so jealous. Although I think it's gonna get a little cooler here, but we quickly hopped back up to like 90 hot and humid. So it was like, okay, <laughs> two days of winter in Florida, and now we're back to- <laughs> Now you're done. <laughs> hair and sweaty skin. Yeah, oh, I yeah. have felt a little bit like, um, I actually just talked about this in my Instagram stories last night. I feel like it hasn't changed anything, which maybe is just like, I'm still a mom of an infant. And like, my days are very ritualistic. And like, we have a bottle every two hours and, you know, it's just very, very mundane in the best way possible. Loving being a mom, but seeing a lot of diets and trends that people are like committing to with this new year gusto and not Participating in that feels a little strange. And I have not been participating in that for quite some time. But just like seeing and kind of feeling that energy from people, it's like, wait, am I weird? Like, am I missing out on something? Am I doing and then I remind myself, like, oh no, I'm just doing what I know I'm gonna do every month for the rest of the year for the foreseeable future, right? Like I'm not signing up for any quick fix thing. But I, it's just strange to like not be subscribing to that anymore and to kind of see and hear everybody else talking about what they're doing for new year, new you stuff.
1: Strange in the best possible way. Like I talked about it on my stories a couple of days ago where I felt like, oh my God, how many new year's days have I spent starting to be perfect? And like New Year's Eve spent like eating as much as possible. Like it's, it's so mentally freeing. And I think people don't realize how much mental freedom you gain from, you know, healing your relationship with food and your body and leaving the diet culture behind. Like how freeing is it that it's the first week in January and neither of us are like going all in on a fan brand new fancy diet and intermittent fasting and cutting all the carbs. And it's just like, oh no, this is just like back to normal a little bit. I certainly indulged over the holidays and there's less of that now in you know, regular life a little bit, but it's nothing like dramatic. It's just oh, back to my normal. That's it. Yes, Nothing crazy. Yes. I think I've talked on the
0: podcast before about how my husband and I have like a Sunday ice cream date. Yes. I love we've it. Done for so long. It's great. And January 1st happened to fall on a Sunday this year. So we're like whipping out our ice cream. And I'm like, this is just another day in my world. But for so many people, you know, they're probably like throwing away the ice cream and getting all of the vegetables and, you know, preparing to do their cold plunges or their whole 30 <laughs> reboots or whatever the heck, you know. Yeah. People are doing. So yeah, it does feel great and strange in the best way.
1: Yes. Agreed. Totally.
0: So yesterday I posted a and a box. We got some questions. Are you ready for these? Brain on. Question number one, this is a great one because I've been seeing a lot of this too. What are AG greens? I see influencers are drinking these. Do they replace vegetables? So I believe she's talking about athletic greens, which is just a brand name of a greens powder. And if you have Instagram, TikTok, and you are in the influencer world, which aren't we all, you see people using their like little immersion blenders to like whip up their greens for the day. And they're like, oh, hey, I'm getting ready to boost my immunity or something crazy with their greens drink. So what are your thoughts on greens supplements?
1: My thoughts on them are, I have a couple. So first, are they going to do any harm to you? No, I don't think so. The only harm they're going to do is take money because they're expensive. I think it's like ninety bucks or something like that for that little canister. So expensive. Um, right yeah. So yes, it's going to harm your wallet. Do I think it's going to do any physical harm to you? No. Do I think it's replacing vegetables? Absolutely not. And Jordan Syed talks about this a lot, so I'm going to kind of steal his thoughts on it because I fully agree with them. And it is basically like you're a grown up. You need to learn how to eat some vegetables. I'm not saying you have to love it. I'm not saying you have to force feed yourself the ones that you hate, but it's important that you find a way to eat some actual vegetables, however that may be for you, roasted, steamed, raw, I don't really care. I don't care what the vegetables are. I just want you to find a way and be willing to eat some vegetables because it's really good for your health. We need those micronutrients. We need that fiber. And I think we need to be chewing and eating our food and we can't be relying on expensive supplements when our diet is lacking in basic nutrients that we need. You need to start with your diet first. You need to start with the actual foods that you're eating and not spend, you know, 90 bucks or whatever it is trying to stick a band aid on it and I'll just drink these because everybody that I follow does. So start with your diet first. Don't waste your money. I probably would say that any, you know, oh, I'm so energized, I feel so healthy, can be real, you know, is the placebo effect is my guess. (laughs) Having never taken them myself, I can't speak from personal experience, but you need to start with food. You need to start with your actual diet before you start adding in supplements. Most people will never need any supplements beyond maybe like a vitamin D. I think most of us need that, but otherwise save your money and buy real food. Yeah, I agree.
0: You miss out on a lot of not only the fiber, like you talked about with like the fruit and vegetable skin, which is so important, but also there is a psychological component as well to satiety when you actually chew your food. So this is why usually we're talking about protein when my clients and I talk about this because they're like, well, is it okay to have a protein shake once a day? Or I had this really crazy busy day. I had two shakes. Is that bad? And so we dissect that a little bit. And what usually comes up is, well, was that shake as satisfying or as satiating to keep you as full for as long as something that you sat down with a fork and knife and actually enjoyed? And the answer is almost always no. One, because liquids digest faster than solids, but two, because when you're chewing and your saliva is actually breaking down what you're eating, you are feeling so much more satisfied as a result of having it. So I think there's that psychological component too that we have to consider. I think of greens supplements as sort of like a multivitamin. First of all, they're not all created equal. So you can get garbage supplements of any kind, but you want to make sure that you know exactly what's going in that supplement. Most of them will contain, you know, things like algae and fruits and vegetables and things of that nature. Also, if you have a super well-balanced diet, and by that, I don't mean you eat perfectly all the time because we've talked before about how that doesn't exist. Nobody eats perfectly. The need for green supplements and for most people, a multivitamin is null and void. You probably don't really need it. So is it something that I might consider for a select few people I have to say yes, because at some point in my career, this was years ago now, I worked with an individual who gagged every single time they ate a vegetable. And they could remember this starting as early as childhood. So this was a grown-ass adult who ate zero vegetables in their diet. And I was like, okay, we, we have to work at this because obviously... Fruits and vegetables are so important just from the nutrient antioxidant perspective. So we realized that this individual could use spinach in a shake, but that was it. So I also had them supplement with a green supplement whilst we were trying to experiment with real food vegetables. That's the only time I have ever used or recommended a green supplement to a client. Most of the time, I spot on agree with you. Totally unnecessary. A complete waste of money does not replace actual eating and chewing of vegetables in a variety of colors, too, because one thing most people don't talk about is different colored fruits and vegetables give us different kinds of phytonutrients. So like the red vegetables and the orange vegetables and the green vegetables and the white vegetables, all different phytonutrients. So it's great to have a mixture
1: of them. I Agree with everything that you said, and there is always an exception to the rule. So your client from a couple years ago, yes, sounds like a true exception to the rule. But I would say for 95% of us, we just need to kind of learn how to find vegetables that we enjoy. And then there were two other points I forgot to make that I thought of when you were talking. So number one, if you're drinking AG1s or whatever it is, your greens. It might lead to and this is just a thought that i have so i don't want to make it sound like it's a fact it might lead to this like health halo effect where i already got all my greens in for the day so i can eat this cookie i can eat this donut i can have the pizza because look at how healthy i am already when we know energy balance is crucial for fat loss or weight maintenance and eating those kinds of foods are fine in in amount certain amounts small amounts moderation but our diet as a whole, and this is why I want to emphasize you have to start with your diet, still should be made up of primarily whole nutrient-dense foods. So if you're drinking these greens and thinking, okay, check, got all my veggies in for the day, now I can eat whatever I want, that's not necessarily the case. The second point that I want to make is the people that are promoting these are making a lot of money off of promoting them. (laughs) They get money every time you buy them and you use your code. Which for certain things, great. I mean, I use like, you know, certain protein powders and I'll use a code and I want to, you know, support the influencers that I trust and respect. Just be aware that when they're selling you these things, that's money in their pocket. So there is an ulterior motive there.
0: Okay. It's so funny you mentioned this. And speaking of Jordan Syatt, a hot minute ago, I mean, obviously we both know, like and trust him, but he had his baby girl on an IG story and it looks like maybe she's experimenting with solids for the first time, which is where I saw happens. this <laughs> <laughs> with Cole's palette as well. And the first picture, she's smiley, like so excited as like the spoon of green goop is coming at her. And his caption was like, influencers, you know, selling their athletic green supplement or like whatever it is, their supplement. And then the second photo was like her grimace (laughs) after having taken a bite of this stuff. And like, she looked like she was ready to spit it out. And then it was like influencers behind the scenes when they realized how absolutely terrible (laughs) the supplement they're promoting tastes. So yes, please keep in mind, social media is a wonderful place. It's not always very truthful. So just because someone is whipping something up on their story and promoting it, because like you said, they get a kickback from it. doesn't mean they're actually using that as a part of their diet or even, you know, drinking it pe- at all period. But I think we've, I think we've answered that question. So yes. Yes. Lauren, <laughs> well, the second question we got is a little open-ended, but I do think it's relatable. And that question is, What do you do when you're stuck?
1: So, okay, two kind of thoughts came into my brain with how to answer this. The first one: Are you stuck, meaning you're at a fat loss plateau? Is that what stuck means, or do you just feel stuck, and I don't know how to move forward with making health changes? So, I guess I'll answer it for both perspectives. So, number one: If you're feeling stuck, meaning you have hit a fat loss plateau. I would look at your consistency. Number one, the longer that we're aiming for fat loss, the harder it can be to stay consistent because fat loss requires certain sacrifices. It requires planning ahead. It requires turning down, you know, some food sometimes and things like that. So your consistency might not be quite where you think it is. So I would start with tracking your consistency. You want to hit at least 80 percent. If you're not at 80 percent, that's where you need to start. Get that consistency back up to there. Okay, that's the first thing that I would do if I was at a fat loss plateau. The second thing I would do is look at how long have I been working towards fat loss? If it's been months and months, maybe your body is asking for a break. Maybe your body is saying, hey, can we eat a little bit more right now? Can we maybe dial back the workouts a little bit? Maybe start prioritizing sleep and recovery instead of focusing on fat loss. So this could be a really good time to take a diet break. It might be a good mental reset and physical reset. And then the third thing that I would do if I had like hit a fat loss plateau is and this is kind of being consistent, but I would start being really aware of any bites, licks, tastes, things like that that I'm eating throughout the day. Am I really accounting for everything that I'm eating? Am I sneaking food off my kid's plate? Am I eating, you know, half a cookie here and a quarter of a donut here and a bite of pizza here? Am I being really truthful with what I am consuming? So it all kinds of goes goes back to consistency there. So that's what I would do if I was in like a fat loss plateau. If I was just feeling stuck, maybe unmotivated and not sure how to move forward with my health goals, I would look ahead to a future version of myself. This is like one of my favorite kind of exercises. What does the person in the future look like to me? What are they eating? What are their, you know, exercise habits? What are their sleep and recovery and stress coping strategies? I would get really specific, and then I would just start taking those one at a time. What kind of habits does that person have? And I would start trying to build those into my life one at a time, really giving myself a lot of grace and compassion to take it slow and understand that I don't have to be perfect. You don't go from zero to 100. That's not how this works. (laughs) You go from zero to one, then to two, and you just take some kind of action. Because I really believe that people get the motivation action thing a little flip-flopped, Usually you just have to start and then you become motivated because you realize how good you're feeling with it. You realize you might even start to see and definitely feel results just from taking some action. And that's going to help you continue on. Side note, my husband the other day, (laughs) he has he's fairly inconsistent. He's a lot like our ideal client. He struggles with consistency. And he said to me the other day, I know it's only been five days, but I'm feeling so good. he is walking more he got a a fitness tracker that he's never had before and i think he just realized oh i need to walk more i need to move more you know he's eating better he's drinking much less than he was you know come december and he's just saying he was kind of joking he's like "Boy, you should tell people this that it actually feels really good (laughs) to take small steps he's like he was obviously joking he's like why haven't you ever told me how good this feels like like yes see you just have to do it and then you realize how good it feels and you can keep going and keep making small changes along the way.
0: That reminds me of, we actually just shared this to our coaching client squad yesterday. And it's not its not my quote. It's from James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. But he shared just three helpful reminders. And the first was, you have to show up before inspiration will. And that's exactly what you're saying. Like, I think a lot of us are waiting for motivation to hit, waiting till we feel like it, waiting until we feel inspired. But the reality is you have to take action to feel inspired. You have to do mm-hmm. the thing and then you'll feel motivated as a result of doing the thing. I mean, even think about something as simple as a vision board, which is meant to inspire you. You have to decide to do the vision board and like think about what it is that you want for the year. Maybe you don't feel inspired until after you're looking at that thing every day, but the action was required first that's so important. I also think his next piece of advice applies to the client who submitted this question. And that was just start. Start slow if you have to, start small if you have to, start privately if you have to, just start. And I think sometimes we feel stuck because the expectation we have for ourselves is too grandiose. Like I need to get it all right, or I need to get most of it right if I'm going to do this thing. And maybe we've tried diets before and we failed them, or we couldn't be the perfect eater for longer than like 13 day streak. And then we get frustrated with ourselves and we get really down and discouraged. No wonder we feel stuck in the suck, right? So I think also it's just being more realistic with what we expect ourselves to be able to achieve. What if I just focus on this one thing for the next month? For the next two weeks, like what if that was it? Would I start to feel a little bit more incentivized and a little less stuck? So then the second month rolls around and I can add a second little thing. And I know that feels very lackluster and unimpressive, but when you're stuck, like sometimes it's just waking up to take a shower and you feel 180% different, right? So maybe it's just like, hey, today I'm going to wake up and have breakfast instead of just sipping on my latte. And you might feel a little less stuck the next day because you know how beneficial that felt for you. I know the person who submitted this question. And I'm thinking, Lauren, that she's writing this from a place of not being in a weight loss plateau, although I love that you addressed that, but feeling like I just don't know what to do like perhaps she's also feeling this new year, new you extrinsic pressure. And she has tried conventional diets before. They haven't worked. She has even successfully lost weight before, but perhaps she's currently finding herself in a place where she just doesn't know what to do. And if that's the case, I would encourage her and any client who feels the same way to revisit the five whys exercise. Which brings you back to why do you want to create this change to begin with? Because maybe you don't, maybe you just feel pressured, especially this time of year to want to make the change. So you feel stuck because you're not actually doing it where you don't feel incentivized to do it. When the reality is I'm totally happy here, or at least I'm mostly happy here and I don't want the thing enough to make sacrifices to get there. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing. That's a totally fine neutral place to be. But I think revisiting the whys can be helpful because James Clear also says, huge fan of James Clear and Jordan Syatt, like hardcore shout outs today. Uh, He also says every action we take is a vote for the kind of person we want to become. So if I continue to do something, even if it's not serving me, it's because in some way, It is helping me to feel comfortable. It is solving a problem for me. It is helping me to be the person that I am identifying with. So maybe we have to really get down and dirty with like who we want to become, like you mentioned, and sit down and ask ourselves, why does this thing matter to me? Is it important because I want to be around for longer? Is it important because... I know I don't feel good in my body when my blood sugar is super high. My cholesterol is super high. My weight is higher than I feel comfortable with it being and revisit the end goal that we would like to achieve and why that's important to us and then work our way backwards. I would encourage that client to start there.
1: I want to steal something. And now I can't remember where you said it. It's (laughs) I'm stealing you (laughs) where you said, If you just take one habit and you work on it for a month, by the end of the year, you have improved 12 habits. When you're in it and you're doing it, working on one thing for 30 days, like you said, it doesn't feel like it's enough. You don't feel like you're moving the needle at all. But over a year, that adds up to 12 habits. That's a lot. Those are huge changes. You could be in a completely different place in a year come December. If you just take it really slow and do one habit a month and then it'll give you enough time to feel really confident and continue to execute that as you continue to add up those habits. So, yes, I love the idea of working backwards and I just love the idea of going slow. If you're feeling stuck, just really give yourself grace and compassion to go at your own pace while still giving yourself a little enough of a push that some kind of action is being taken.
0: I think it's worth mentioning too. So being stuck sometimes mentally, totally normal. Like sometimes we just need a little break. We need to give ourselves a little grace, shake it off, just kind of like exist for a while, right? Like, let me just stay here, not really have a goal, not really feel like I'm making any forward progress and just pause, like just be gentle with myself. Assuming this individual has been stuck for quite some time and does want to make some forward movement. That's when I think all of these things we're suggesting apply. I also find that oftentimes when this becomes a barrier, the stuckness, this individual who submitted the question, I happen to know, has a ton of nutrition education. So she knows the benefits of certain macronutrients. She doesn't need more information. Perhaps when we're in that type of situation where I don't need more knowledge, I either need a deeper why or I need more accountability, someone to help light a fire under my butt so that I can take action before motivation hits or before inspiration strikes. Or I have zero belief in myself that I can actually do this thing. And Coach Casey Joe talks a lot about this when she talks about growth versus fixed mindset. She talks about how you can have the best plan, you can have the best coach, you can have All of the cream of the crop, everything in order to get to your goal. But what the science shows us is that if you don't believe you are going to get there, you can't envision it, you can't think about the kind of person you want to be because you feel like you're always going to be a slave to your current habits, to your current behaviors. Nothing can help you get there. You have to address the lack of belief in yourself first. So maybe. And again, I don't know like where this individual is as she's writing us this question, but that could be something to address too.
1: And just last thing I want to say is that I don't care how many times you have like quote failed at this. I can't tell you how many times I have personally failed at trying to heal my relationship with food and get in a really good place. It's still possible for you. So, like you said, you have to believe in yourself. and and I, I seriously like it's it was years and years of me trying and failing and trying and failing. So I don't want you to get down on yourself and think I, I this just isn't for me. I've been trying for too long. Just keep trying. I mean, hopefully it doesn't take as long as it took me to like learn the lessons that I've learned and get to the place that I'm at. But if it does, just know that it's OK. It's, it's OK. You can still make the changes. It is never too late.
0: I will never forget. I had the opportunity to work with a 72 year old woman And she was doing this after decades of dieting history, and she was still stuck subscribing to the idea that carbs were bad. And she had to like obsessively monitor everything she was consuming if she wanted to lose weight. And I remember one day on a coaching call, she said to me, God, I hope that your other clients just figure this out so much sooner than I am. So even if you're 71 years old and you're figuring it out, it's, Always worth trying again. I mean, I just remember how terrible it felt to be in a body that felt like a war zone, and to have a brain that was constantly filtering through thoughts of food and fears and anxiety surrounding calories. I don't, oh, keep trying as many times just as it keep takes. Trying.
1: Yeah, and seventy—you could have twenty plus years left. Twenty mm. plus years. You don't want to live another twenty something years stuck in that mindset. It's never too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of uh age. Yeah, it's a good uh, segue. <laughs> last question is a doozy, and we could have a whole podcast episode on this. In fact, we did a long time ago. So the question is actually it's not a question. Let's talk nutrition and exercise for perimenopausal women. And I remember having a guest on the podcast quite some time ago now to talk to us about this because we work with a lot of perimenopausal and menopausal women. So if you're interested in hearing from someone who has a lot of education in the menopause and perimenopause arena, go back and listen to episode 109. That is talking about nutrition and perimenopause. Today, Lauren and I are going to try to break it down for you just so you have some information. Uh but Lauren, what do we do? How does it connect nutrition, exercise, perimenopause? First of all, maybe what is perimenopause? Should we start there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, and it can start in your thirties. It can start late thirties. It's all these symptoms that are leading up to being menopausal. And I, the definition of being in menopause is a year without a period. That's what I found. (laughs) And so, but you're getting those like kind of traditional, the hot flashes, the fatigue, those kind of symptoms is what makes up paramenopausal. and from my understanding, is it can last up to like a decade, which isn't super fun. So that's, I mean, that's what I found. Do you have more to add to that? From that was brief.
0: My understanding is that it's not like you mentioned; it's not a light switch. It's three hundred and sixty-five days after your last menstrual cycle, where you are officially diagnosed as being menopausal, but that period of time before that actually happens, where maybe you go, I was actually just talking to a client about this, where she was expressing that she thinks she's approaching that phase of life. And one of her coworkers was talking about how she went like 300 days without a period. And then she got her period. Ugh,
1: <laughs> that was
0: awful. <laughs> no, I know being a woman is freaking hard, but she, um, was expressing that She believes she's starting to enter this season of life and it doesn't happen like a light switch because our hormones, estrogen and progesterone are just gradually declining during this phase. So it's not as though they immediately like go to zero, but we're starting to notice some of these signs and symptoms as our hormones decline. So you already mentioned the loss of your menstrual cycle, right? Can be a symptom, not necessarily that you haven't had it for a year, but just that like, Oh, I skipped a couple months. What the heck? And then I had it for a whole month or whatever, hot flashes, night sweats, Actually, our risk for cardiovascular disease and osteoporosis increases, sadly. Um, Emotional changes. I know lots of women talk about perimenopausal rage, like they just feel so angry at the world. Um, For seemingly no reason, vaginal dryness, incontinence, or UTIs, Low libido and insomnia is a big one that I hear a lot from clients. So, if you're experiencing some of those symptoms or all of those symptoms, you may be perimenopausal.
1: Yes. And then, how does that apply to fitness and nutrition? So, from what I have found, it's that because of those declines in our hormonal production, the estrogen and the progesterone, our body is going to hold on to more fat but it's actually our body just trying to take care of us because carrying more body fat is actually going to help produce those hormones. So that's why women say, oh my God, I I got to this age and I can't get rid of this belly. It's your body trying to take care of you. But we also know that carrying excess body fat can come with a lot of health risks, like you mentioned, the cardiovascular disease. Um, And then for women with, you know, that are in premenopause or menopausal, we have to pay attention to our bone health, too, our bone density and things like that. So how do you counteract all that to me? It's not that different from our basic health habits that we want to be prioritizing throughout the year. The best approach is to just stick with really good quality habits like we've been talking about with a little extra dose of consistency in our basic habits. So you want to still be eating slowly, mindfully eating. You want to still be focusing on nutrient dense foods. You want to still be eating to about 80% full. You might want to look into eating more protein because our muscles are going to start to atrophy. So we want to make sure we protect against that as much as possible. You want to uh, focus on eating enough calcium or taking a vitamin D and calcium supplement together. Of course, that would be something to talk to your doctor about. Um, And you definitely don't want to, um, the research that I found does not support cutting out carbs at all. It supports, eating more whole grains. It's going to have a positive effect on your metabolism and your overall energy balance, which we know is crucial for maintaining body weight, losing body fat. What the research that I found suggests the best quote best (laughs) diet to follow is going to be a plant-based diet that's also high in protein. So lots of fruits and veggies, similar to like the Mediterranean diet. Lots of fruits and veggies, some whole grains, things like legumes and fish, healthy fats, things like that are going to be, quote, the best for keeping your health at its top, you know, at its peak, ideal, Um, and paying attention to just consuming adequate amounts of, yeah, protein, fiber, all those kind of things. When it comes to fitness, the number one thing you should be doing is strength training, And again, this is gonna go back to bone density. We really wanna make sure we're paying attention to our bone health here. So strength training should always be the priority, especially as we age and that higher protein diet is gonna help support all of that as well. So like key takeaways are not to cut carbs, eat lots of fruits and veggies and other plants, eat enough protein and strength train. And again, I wanna kind of just say, it's not that different from what we suggest every other time of your life. It's maybe just a little more focus and also having realistic expectations, which we already talked about too. Maybe this isn't the time of life where you need to focus on getting as lean as possible. Maybe your health should come first and those healthy habits and consistency with those healthy habits should be the main priority.
0: Totally. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. Honestly, looking at what the research says, it's basically what we encourage all of our clients to do, with, like you mentioned, a little bit more vigilance because we actively have to work at preserving our health at this stage of life. So, like you mentioned, at this stage of life, We naturally start to lose bone density, which is why osteoporosis is such a risk. And let me just tell you, as someone who has turned her bones into Swiss cheese as a result of not eating enough period fractures and, you know, falls as we get older, those things are not fun. We don't want to have to deal with those If we don't have to, so making sure that we are incorporating a lot of dark leafy greens and calcium rich foods like dairy products. If you're a dairy eater and or potentially a supplement, you know, if your doctor thinks that could be beneficial, but that is going to help keep our bones super healthy. Also, you mentioned. As we age, we start to lose muscle mass, but especially as we enter this perimenopausal phase, we don't want to lose muscle mass. So, making sure that we're still keeping our protein nice and high, which we always try to shoot for a ballpark around 0.7 grams times our body weight, you need less than that to just survive, to eliminate deficiency. But we're talking about clients who are physically active and they want to recover from their workouts effectively and potentially want to lose body fat and or prohibit or prevent any fat gain going into this season of life, in which case we know protein's extremely satiating and helps with fat loss. So keeping protein nice and high. When we look at cardiovascular risk, Fiber is going to be like so beneficial, which is why the plant based part of most diets is praised when we're talking about heart health, because fruits and vegetables and whole grains pack a ton of fiber, the more fiber most women can have during this season of life, and I would argue even before you enter perimenopause, the better, the more fiber we have, obviously the fuller we are. So it's going to be more challenging to put on excess body fat, but more importantly, it keeps our blood sugar nice and stable. So we're not having these crashes and these peaks throughout the day. We're staying nice and steady with our energy level, which, of course, also helps to manage things like cholesterol and our heart health. Like you mentioned, strength training is so important for exercise. I also think walking can be extremely beneficial in this stage of life because so many of us get caught up in like, well, you know, maybe I'm at a place in my life where my body is just not able to do what it once could physically. That's fine. But you don't have to be doing vigorous exercise in order to see amazing health benefits, going for a walk several times a day, keeping your daily movement up is far more important than living a sedentary life and doing a couple of workouts throughout the week. So definitely shooting for about five hours of exercise each week is what the research says, mostly weight bearing, which helps with bone density and then maybe incorporating some other things like outdoor walking or sport that you find particularly enjoyable. Um, it's, it's exactly what we teach our clients. Protein, healthy fats, smart carbs, lots of fiber. And be gentle with yourself. One thing I remember vividly from episode 109 is that our guest said that menopause is like a moving target. So there is no cure-all. There is no like, eat this and you'll feel fantastic. Exercise this way and you won't have any symptoms. Like your body's going through something really hard, right? It's like puberty. Nobody enjoys puberty, but it has to happen. So you just got to like get through it, right? And you want to support your body as much as possible. The same things are happening when you're entering perimenopause. Be gentle, recognize that what you might need now in your life could very well be different than what worked for you two years ago, 10 years ago, and just be willing to kind of meet your body where you're at. I think that's most important. Have very realistic, flexible expectations with yourself and focus on health. What is your body feeling like? What are your health markers indicating? Are you and your physician happy with where your numbers are and how your quality of life is? Other things that research shows can be helpful is limiting or moderating caffeine that can help with hot flashes. Also processed foods, things like refined sugars and salt and alcohol. That does not come as a surprise to anybody listening, but the research does emphasize that these things can be super important with helping to support our health in the best way possible.
1: I always find it funny and I almost feel like a broken record that the answer to so many of our questions that are nutrition related is just nailed on basics have enough protein, have enough fiber. Fiber, I don't think it's enough. Like, it doesn't get talked about enough. Like huge shout out to fiber. It's so important for our health. But the answer is always so similar and it's because the basics work. They work when they're implemented well and consistently, the basics will always improve your health no matter where you're at.
0: I think one thing that is worth throwing out there as a disclaimer is absolutely what you said. The basics always work. We're not saying that by adhering to these nutrition basics and strength training, you won't have debilitating perimenopausal symptoms. I have worked with a number of women who have really struggled through menopause. And if that's your experience listening, we do not want to discredit your experience whatsoever. I do know that sometimes the situation can be so severe that hormone replacement therapy is really helpful and required. That's just not our expertise. So we're not here to talk about that. It's definitely something to talk to your physician about as there are pros and cons you want to weigh together. But yeah, when it comes to how nutrition can help and how physical activity can help, there's no secret solution. There's no magic pill. Like it literally is the same boring shit we talk about all the time, but there's a reason why we talk about it all the yeah. time. I couldn't agree more.
1: Yes. Good disclaimer, because I fully believe in the power of lifestyle habits, but there are legitimate medical issues that I don't care how healthy you're eating and how great you're moving your body. You have a legitimate medical issue that needs to be addressed with, you know, your medical team. And that's a real thing. So yes, I never want to say like, just take care of yourself and you'll be fine. (laughs) Like, no, we have a lot of power, but it's not 100%. So do what you can. And then If you need to reach out to a doctor, by all means, reach out to a doctor. Totally. And
0: I I just think it's important to give ourselves a little compassion when we're going through, you know, this stage of life, because our bodies are changing. And one thing that's very, very difficult for the, I want to say like the weight loss industry to accept, but maybe it's more like our society in general is that our bodies are not meant to stay the same from high school on up. Like. Your body is not meant to fit into the jeans that you fit into in high school. And if you can that's fine, right? Like no hate to anybody that hasn't changed all that much, but bodies change and weight fluctuates and life seasons are always throwing us new barriers and throwing us new curveballs and throwing us new circumstances. So Like the moving target analogy, we just have to be very compassionate with ourselves. Maybe when you're going through this phase of life, you're hanging on to a little bit more belly fat than usual. Like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, Lauren, that is a symptom of perimenopause. Our body is kind of pre-programmed to hang on to a little extra belly fat during the season of life. Is it permanent? No, it doesn't have to be. But is it a negative thing? No. It's not. It's just there for self-preservation. And I think this is when it becomes so important to acknowledge, I need to figure out what is best for me, given this current season, this current period of life that I'm in. And that does mean still sticking with the basics. Those always apply, but maybe my compliance looks a little different, or maybe how I show up looks a little different. And just to kind of give a segue for individuals who may or may not be experiencing perimenopause. This is something we talk to all of our one-on-one coaching clients about with a periodized nutrition strategy because life is always changing. Our body's physical activity level is always changing because maybe now we have a toddler that's running around or maybe now our kids are out of the house. So we're less active because they don't you know, need us to take them to and from each activity. Maybe I'm noticing that I just am having a much harder time eating fruits and vegetables now that I have an office job, or maybe I am just eating all my kids' leftovers because I don't want them to go to waste, and I'm eating so many more carbs and fats than I need. Like, our lives are constantly in a state of flux, and so this is why Lauren and I are so passionate about the fact that conventional diets don't serve you, and they don't serve us because there is a one right way to eat. And when you can't do that, because life got in the way, somehow you fail or are made to feel like a failure. And that's not benefiting your physical health. And it's certainly not benefiting your mental health. That's why we feel so passionately about creating healthy eating habits that can ebb and flow and come with you no matter where you are geographically, who you're with or what your life looks like. And that's what we teach our clients inside the Diet-Free Fat Loss Formula Group Coaching Program is we're teaching you to create your own nutrition strategy. Well, what's best for me and my body right now? And that might be different than this other woman that's doing the program with me, but that's okay because all I need to care about is what... Helps me look and feel and perform my absolute best. And how do I factor for my emotional eating when I know that the reason that I overeat is almost always because I'm stressed or because I'm bored or because my kids are frustrating the heck out of me, whereas someone else might struggle because they have zero time to cook in their own kitchen and they don't really struggle with emotional eating. One size never fits all. So we want to give you all the tools and the skills and the habits that you need to successfully maintain a healthy body weight for the foreseeable future, and to know how to change your nutrition and change your exercise as you go through these different seasons of life. It's not a, oh, you found what works. This is going to work for you for the rest of your life. I wish that was how it works, but it's just not. So nice. <laughs> that would just be
1: lovely. <laughs> yes. like, i okay, got to figure it out. Check.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that save us so much time? and Oh my gosh, it'd be the best. <laughs> but you know what? That's just not reality. So If you are feeling like, gosh, I just don't even know what works for my body anymore. I've tried so many things like, do I eat carbs? Do I not eat carbs? Like, I just don't understand what my body needs to lose fat because what I did back then, is not working anymore? Or I just feel so restricted by doing the things that I have tried previously. I want to invite you to join us. We kick off next week, Monday, January 16th is our kickoff day. So if you're listening to this in real time, you literally have days to join us and the other women who have already secured their spots. And I would encourage you to do so because we want you to know how to lose body fat. And to maintain a healthy weight. There's nothing wrong with that. But more importantly, we want you to feel really confident in your body, really healthy in your body with a happy and nourishing relationship with food. And that's what we're gonna teach you inside the Diet Free Fat Loss Formula group coaching program.
1: This is like that when I was saying it took me so long to get to a good place with food in my body. If I had had this, it would have been like a little bit of a magic bullet to get me there's so much sooner. So it really is amazing content. I like 100% stand behind it. It's amazing.
0: I mean, honestly, Lauren, it's why I created this program is mm-hmm. because well, I had struggled and got stuck in the suck for so long. And then coming on you know, the other side of that, which I make it sound so easy, it was like a, a very long arduous journey. It was not easy, but I kept thinking back to what do I wish I had then? And I Mm -hmm. absolutely think having someone in my corner, be it a coach or a therapist at the time, would have been monumentally helpful. I didn't, but I know not everybody is ready or willing to invest in a coach or a therapist and work one-on-one. So then I thought, okay, what's the next best thing? It's this. Mm -hmm. literally poured it into eight weeks of content lessons. And you and I are going to be live on group coaching calls. So you still get the coaching dynamic and the accountability from people who have been in similar situations, genuinely want what's best for you and are there to help you work through all the mental sludge that comes with years of struggling and, you know, hormone fluctuation that comes with perimenopause, but also, you know, anything that you're really navigating in seasons of life. Exactly. I'm excited for this next group. I get excited every single time because ugh, you and I have talked about this before, but the women who are usually in this group, like the kind of woman we are talking to in this group is the kind of woman that we love working with because she yes. realized, you know what? The deprivation, the punishment, the strict food rules that hasn't worked for me. And I don't want to keep subscribing to that over and over again, only to fall off the wagon for the rest of my life. I do need to figure out how to listen to my body because I don't want to be logging in my fitness pal or lose it every day for the rest of my life. Fat loss is important to me, but you know what? It's it's not the most important thing. Like I don't want to compromise my health and my well being for fat loss. I want health promoting, sustainable, feel good fat loss that I know that I can confidently maintain without jeopardizing any of my health, be it mental or physical. You and I will work with women like that until the day we die, probably, because we just love it so freaking much. So yeah, I just can't wait to jump inside. It's,
1: yeah, it's great. And it, it addresses the mental mindset aspect that like any other diet plan is just not even, you know, addressing one second of it. Like we dive deep into that because it is To me, it's the most important work you're doing, even more than what you're eating. If you can get through those mental roadblocks and we teach you how to do that, then you can be successful. Then you can learn and apply and be consistent. But those mental roadblocks, man, they suck. Our brain really wants to screw with us sometimes and keep doing what we're doing. And so if we can learn how to navigate through that, then we can be successful.
0: I'm going to drop the link in the notes below. So if any stragglers Or maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it, but we've been talking about it on Instagram and Facebook uh, for quite some time now. But if you are thinking about it, please, please, please join us. Click the link. We are so excited to walk you through this transformation. If you have questions, hit us up on Instagram because we want to make sure this is the right fit for you. If it's not, we'll direct you elsewhere. This is a freaking amazing program. We want you to be a part of it. and. Yeah, I hope these these answers to your questions were helpful. Keep submitting them and we'll catch you on the Flipside Squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.